Hey, it's Jay, and uh, I've been working behind the scenes for, whew, feels like feels like a lot of months. It's only been a lot of weeks, but uh, I've been switching my entire business from consulting and client services to building a media company, building an education platform for marketers who want to make shows, marketers who believe what I believe about our jobs, which is that great marketing is not about who arrives, it's about who stays. And so that company is marketingshowrunners.com. And my hope is to advance the craft of marketers making original series like podcasts, like videos, like documentaries, which by the way, I have a video documentary series coming out later this year. Can't wait to share that with you. Uh, But the more I publish to that site, the more people I've never ever reached with my work come out of the woodwork. People from Shopify, the BBC, Salesforce, LinkedIn, Red Bull, Adobe, Roku, Rogers Media up in Canada, Wistia, Andreessen Horowitz, the famous VC firm, MailChimp, Zendesk, just just all these great marketers working for all these companies that seem to believe that when you put out great creative work and you focus on process and you focus on serving the audience first, your own agenda is served better. Rather than what so many people do is is they focus on the end result and try to manufacture it without really caring how. So what I love about this platform is that it seems to be really welcome and it seems to be needed. Uh, What I don't love is that it's taking me away from Unthinkable, which is always my favorite project. And yeah, it's a side project, but it also contributes to the business. It drives leads for my speaking business and has a lot of stories that I tell that contribute to my keynotes and my books and my writing. Uh, And so because we're hard at work behind the scenes on a couple longer form episodes, I wanted to pinch hit today, essentially, to make sure you're getting something from us, a a story that I I truly find fascinating. So I I wanted to give you that story today and also encourage you to subscribe to Marketing Showrunners if you like everything I've said so far. So you can go to marketingshowrunners.com and hit the subscribe button to join a list of, of truly passionate creative marketers. But for now, let's talk about how consistently great work consistently changes. Claude came from a traditional home. His parents expected him to take the usual path that many of us imagined we'd take, though we likely didn't control that image appearing in our brains. It was built for us. You know the one, I'm sure. Finish high school, attend a good college, declare a safe major, and after graduation, receive our neatly packaged box labeled career. Everything in its place, everything under control. But what do we actually control in this work we do? As a young boy, Claude wasn't hearing it. He wanted to go to art school, not study economics, nor manage the family business. His mother, as mothers so often are, was strong for her son, defending his artistic aspirations to Claude's father and pledging to support the budding painter should he enroll someday. A few years later, when Claude was 16, his mother died. The boy began thrashing, wouldn't you? When we feel helpless, like we just don't control a thing, that seems to be the only logical response. And so, Claude ran away from home to live with his aunt. Four years later, something else he didn't choose. He was drafted into the army. He spent seven years abroad, seeing the world, experiencing the sort of vibrant colors and cultures that could inspire even the most timid of artists to paint. Claude was no timid artist, and yet once again, he didn't paint, because once again, he didn't control the circumstances. While in the army, he grew too sick to stand, much less serve, and so he returned home to his aunt. There, 
she agreed to watch over him if he agreed to finally enroll in art school once he felt better. And when he did, he did. Finally, at long last, everything felt in its place. Everything felt under control. Of course, it's worth asking, what do we actually control in this work we do? Just a year into his schooling, Claude couldn't stand how instructors chose to teach their subjects. It all felt so traditional, so staid. But what could he do? That was how it was done. They all seemed to believe in painting carefully posed objects, people, and scenes. Everything in its place, everything under control. But Claude wondered, what do we actually control in this work we do? So he left campus, found a mentor, and began experimenting in the real world. He went outside, where the messy effects of time tends to warp the world around us. There, he captured this reality with broken colors and rapid brushstrokes. Most notably, he studied and documented the effects of time on a given scene, painting the same thing over and over and over again, using a new canvas for each moment that the light and his emotions changed what he saw. He painted a bridge. He painted a sunset. And of course, Claude painted some water lilies. Nothing stayed in its place. Nothing was under control. Because really, what do we actually control in this work we do? So often in our work as marketers, when we try to create something consistently great over time, we ignore the effects of time on the work. Instead, we prefer to find the thing that works and then set it and forget it. We want to find the correct solution and put it on repeat. I agree that when we identify something successful, we should lean into it. But leaning into it shouldn't simply mean more of the same. Instead, it should be a continual process of discovery to create an ever-improving version of that thing. As time marches forward, changing the world in small and sometimes big ways, we need our work to do the same. This means relinquishing the need for precision because that's a false sense of control. This idea that we can find an absolute, final, perfect solution doesn't exist, especially once we move out of theory and into reality. Paint what you really see, Claude once said, not what you think you ought to see, not the object isolated as in a test tube, but the object enveloped in sunlight and atmosphere with the blue dome of heaven reflected in the shadow. Factors outside our control will always affect our work. No matter how successful something is right now, it's always at risk of growing stale. We don't control that, and so we'd better get busy reinventing our work over time. Consistently great work consistently changes. Nothing stays in its place. Nothing is under our control. Not really. Because what do we actually control in this work we do? Well, Fortunately, there is at least one thing we do indeed control. The story of that young artist Claude seems to offer us that much. While we can't control all the variables that change and twist and warp the world around us, and thus our work, we can indeed control how we see the world. Namely, we can learn to see it through different lights, to embrace that the only constant is change, and to move with that change. We can learn to see the world through different lights. Sure. We didn't ask for this set of circumstances. We wish we had more, better, or different. We face boring tasks, repeat tasks, stale tasks, and we can't control that. But we can absolutely control how we view them. We can choose to view them in different ways, with new angles, small but meaningful shifts in perspective, subtle tweaks and changes. 
we can choose to view the world through different lights. Claude did exactly that. He learned how to look at the same exact thing as everybody else, but see it in a slightly different way. Whereas his peers back at school would want those absolutely perfect scenes, the the perfect bridge to paint, Claude painted that bridge as it actually exists in the real world, ever-changing. As time passed, the sun moved, and Claude would see that bridge as it really was, in new and different and ever-changing lights. That's how he painted every bridge, and every sunset, and of course, every water lily. If the world is ever-changing and we plan to put something out into that world consistently over time, then our work must, by definition, also change over time. What we create doesn't exist in theory, it exists in a specific yet ever-changing environment. Maybe start with that reality before searching for answers in theory. For me, a landscape does not exist in its own right since its appearance changes at every moment, Claude said, but the surrounding atmosphere brings it to life, the light and the air which vary continually. For me, it is only the surrounding atmosphere which gives subjects their true value. Later in his young career, when Claude and a few friends wanted to showcase their art capturing the ever-changing world, the traditionalists turned them away. As a result, the group set up their own independent exhibits. They showcased their in-the-moment paintings, documenting how both the artist's emotions and the light could change each version of a scene. Claude, in particular, would paint and exhibit the same scene three, four, sometimes eight or nine different ways. In the end, we're all doing our best to create something that makes sense for the here and now. But this is kind of a fool's errand, as the here and now is ever-changing. The only thing we can do is act like Claude and create versions of the work. We can keep evolving, keep refining, keep reinventing. Sure, we can create that one thing in a way that makes sense to us right now, but the real key is to do it again and again and again, allowing the effects of time to creep into our work. The real key is to master the art of reinvention, small innovations implemented consistently over time. The goal isn't to create a masterpiece without flaws, but an ever-changing, constantly improving body of work. Nothing stays in place. Nothing is under control. But what do we really control in this work we do? Answer, we only control how we view things, how we approach that change. Are we proactive or reactive? With each piece we create, each episode of a show we publish, each new project, each new attempt, each new process we build, we can evolve our thinking. We can change the form the contents, the people, the process, all in subtle ways. We can choose to view the same old, same old stuff from our work in refreshingly different lights. And by the way, given that time marches forward, whether we want to embrace that or not, this isn't really a choice. If we're to succeed, we must reinvent the work. Stagnation is the enemy. In his art, Claude captured the need to reinvent in a literal sense, painting the same scene repeatedly to show the passage of time. But he also reveals this figurative lesson that we need to be open to seeing the same thing from our daily work in slightly different, ever-changing lights. We may have done the same thing 7 or 70 or 700 times before. It doesn't matter. We can choose to see it in subtle new ways, to reinvent and refresh what we create over time. 
creating an original series like I'm doing and everything I'm teaching through Marketing Showrunners, a podcast, a video show, a docu-series, an original series is by definition an exercise in proactive reinvention. But this applies to everything we do in our work, even if we don't make shows. Continual reinvention, that process of constant discovery to deliver ever more innovative solutions, that is the lone way to succeed over time. Of course, the traditionalists may not be happy with us. They want the precise answer. The traditionalists weren't happy with Claude and his friends. In a fateful twist, one art critic dubbed Claude's independent showcase the exhibit of impressionists. This isn't true art, he claimed. It's so imprecise, so free-flowing and rough. It's a distant impression of the real thing. I mean, isn't it all? The critic delivered this review as a rebuke of the young artist's work, but they turned the tables on that writer. So, in April of 1974, when Louis Leroy published his critique, that young artist, in love with the changing light, merely smiled at his friends. He knew, everything we create is an impression. It's our attempt to capture a moment, which is now gone. The only way to get closer to reality is to mimic reality, creating version after version, change after change, because change is what reality actually is. The sooner we embrace it, the sooner we can get on with the work. And so the young artist and his friends did what so few marketers seem willing to do. They embraced it. They accepted that the lone constant is indeed change, and that the work is an exercise in constant improvement, not shipping a final masterpiece, ever. In fact, that group of artists took a negative term from Leroy and made it their moniker. You may not know the group's name. They called themselves the Impressionists. But you've definitely heard of the young artist. He's the man who always tried to see the world through an ever-changing light, because, in truth, the light is ever-changing. So he kept painting version after version of the bridge and the sunset and, of course, the water lilies. Claude Monet. Consistently great work consistently changes. Does yours? Does yours?